Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everyone, welcome to the 2016 IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I'm Shay Adam here at the Roar before the 24, and as you can hear, race engines already started up behind me. Nobody's gone out on track yet. The pit exit light is still on. Now it's green. They are cleared to go for the first laps of this weekend's test. I'm going to be here all three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, to bring you coverage, interviews with lots of different drivers, as many as we can get a hold of to chat with us and uh, see who we can talk to, who's excited about the upcoming season, and uh, maybe, just maybe, talk to somebody who will be a champion at the end of the year. So we'll find out a little bit later on. But first, let's start off with Sean Rahal, who's got a very different position this year. IMSA Radio, your route to American sports car racing. New year and new car, I'm happy to say. So far, full season for Sean Rahal. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that. Last year was a bit rough, but you still got behind the wheel of the car. This year, it's totally different, though. What's it like PC versus the Deltoid? Uh, I mean, it's definitely a step in the right direction. I mean, getting any call from Dr. Panos is just like, it's a huge deal, in my opinion, especially in my career. And uh, I'm really excited to be here. I think the car is going to be strong this year. I know the guys have been working hard all winter to make sure our reliability can come into play, and um, I think we'll have it this year. I think the guys have done a great job, and from the sounds of things, I think we'll also have a quick car at a few racetracks. So uh, I'm extremely excited. Catherine's great to work with. Andy's great to work with as well. And uh, it, it feels like when I stepped here for the test that it was like stepping over into another home like I had at 8 Star. All the people were really receptive and really easy to work with, and it was just kind of like home again. So uh, really excited about this. Um, really close on an ELMS deal as well that uh, hopefully in the next couple weeks I'll have more news for you guys. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you go from part-time and like we were, and that was difficult, but it's really nice to be able to, like, hone in on one car, one team, and really, like, work hard to try to get some race wins this year. So I'm extremely excited. Where do you expect your best chance for a win will come this year? Um, best chance? I mean, I want to say, I want to say there's one track. I think, you know, when, when we're on tracks that aren't too bumpy, you know, I, I could say Sebring's probably going to be our, our, our worst. Um, but besides that, I, you know, I think we're actually, with the package and how the car's been performing, I think we're going to have a package to win at, you know, four or five places. And I, I wouldn't say one's going to be our best or one's going to be our worst besides Sebring, which is obvious. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. What was it like when you saw Brazelton, Georgia calling on your cell phone and offering you a full season? Um, they, well, when I've been talking to them, and I've been talking to some other teams as well, and I, I wasn't really sure where, I, I had a PC offer, 
but I kind of had to give up for this, and um, I had some other offers, and it was like, well, is ELMS going to conflict? Well, you know, this one's a for-sure deal. It's Dr. Panos's deal. It's a deal I want to be a part of, and um, when that, when I got the call and I knew it was going to be a full-season offer, I was, I was extremely excited. I was like, give me a contract day. Let's, let's start hashing this out. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we went from there and a few weeks ago, and then ever since then it's just been quiet. And uh, it's pretty cool that we got the God Bless America thing coming on because I am American, the only American on the, driving the car. But for me, that's cool. That's, that's close to home. And, you know, I, I remember their LMP2 car when I was, like, four at, like, my first ALMS race I ever went to, my first Petit Le Mans, was my favorite car. So it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of living a dream through getting the call from him. Is that why you decided to go with Delta Wing? Um, I, I'd say there's a lot of reasons I'm here, it, but I'm definitely passionate about this program. Driving with people like Catherine, like you mentioned, she's doing the Indy 500 this year, so her attention obviously a little bit elsewhere in the month of May, but your intention is to have something else going on in June. What would it be like for an American kid to go race at Le Mans? Um, yeah, if, if, if our deal comes together, it'll be an LMP3, so it will be the support race. Um even still, that's a huge yeah, deal. It's it's a it's an extremely huge deal. Um, it, it'd be it'd be pretty impressive. You know, we're we're doing good things here stateside, but it's also cool when you know she gets the call for the five hundred. Her deal is really unique and it's really special. And you just gotta give kudos for how hard that girl's worked in everything she's done. And she, of all people, I've been behind the wheel and teammates with a few people in the past couple of years. That's one that stands out to me that was like, whoa, she gets it done. So, um, you know, I hope the 500 goes good. I hope they get that deal together to where it's a good deal for her to run up front. Um, the Lamar deal for me to be able to be in the support race and just to be the possibility of ELMS right now is pretty huge. You know, going from being part-time last year, not having a full season, anything, and having two full seasons will just be amazing. And it's good because the factories that I've been speaking to from overseas want to see that track experience. And, uh, you know, when I went to Barcelona, we were on pace the six laps. So it's just one of those things where they got to know that you – they just know in their head that you've been there. So uh, all in all, this whole year is definitely a big step up for me, and uh, I'm ready to tackle it. What's the ultimate goal for Sean Rahal? Say Le Mans. I mean, Rolex 24 hours is special. To me, the Petit Le Mans is special because I'm a Georgia boy. Um, but Le Mans and, you know, Le Mans – one or a GTLM car is, is is the goal. I think that's any young aspiring sports car racer's goal. And um, you know, you would say DTM or V8 supercars. Those are some other things that are probably high on my list. But uh, that would be cool. And then I'd also um, I've been talking to some NASCAR teams again and, and seeing if they need a road course ringer for whatever you know at some point. So uh, if you can tell anything from my past, I'm not that picky. But Le Mans is special to me. So if somebody came to you right now and offered you a ride at the Indy 500 or a ride at the Nürburgring 24, which would you pick? He's speechless. I can't do them both this year because they're the same weekend. I, um, I think I would call up some of the people that advised my career and send them each contract, and it would probably... At that point, and I know this sounds... Whichever I would have... Okay, could I win in both cars? Sure. If I could win in both cars, I would... At that point... I'd, I guess because I'm American, the 500, but if someone called me for Le Mans 
and offered me half the money and I had to pick between that, I would... If someone offered me to drive Lamar, period, I would do that over, you know, it doesn't matter money, it doesn't matter, as long as I could have a chance to win that, that would, I would go there instead of the 500. But the 500 is still important to me, and it's something I want to do before I have a wife and children. Sports car, clearly very important to you. When we do have this big weekend coming up first with the Roar, what are you guys hoping to learn from the Delta Wing for this weekend's test? Uh, you know, Catherine Crawford's done an amazing job. Like, when we came here for the test, we rolled off and we made, like, three or four changes and we were pretty good and we're reasonable and we're just trying to like fine tune so we have a good race car you know ultimately qualifying doesn't matter here but we want something that in two in the morning we're not really having to task ourselves to be on pace and be up front so uh but she's she's given us a pretty neutral race car from the get-go i'm really impressed with how the car is handled and you know i kind of looked at it from outside and was like oh, i don't know how this deal is going to be but uh it's been pretty impressive and i've uh it's been easy to come to grasp to and they've that they've made that easy for me racing on america's classic circus this is imza radio Philippe Albuquerque, we're used to seeing you in Audi gear, but this time it's a little bit different. Driving a DP, how was the test? Um, well, uh, the, the test that I did here in October was was pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, the car, and uh, it was intuitive. I was happy with the, with the car balance, with the, with the team itself, the mechanics. They, they do a good job, and uh, it, it, everything flowed in. So, um, yeah, then that's why I'm here. <laughs> how different is this car to the R18? Oh, it's just uh, you cannot compare actually it's just uh, it's more a mechanical car uh, very little draggy uh, it pulls up well on the top speeds um, and yeah I would say that exactly more mechanical car more um, uh, yeah back to the old times uh, of course it's an older car as well and the R18 it's, it's a more, more sophisticated car with a lot of uh, uh, technology in there in terms of uh, saving fuel, the hybrid going in, taking care of the mappings, not only of the engine but as well of the hybrid going on. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's a new it's a new car. So um, it's totally different, but um, but both of them really fun to drive, and this is the most important for the racer. Three years, three different classes of cars. You got the win in the GT. Last year didn't go so well on the PC. What's it going to take to get the win in the prototype? Well, uh, I was just talking with Gary Nelson, and uh, I said to him, like, I'm really motivated to come over because it's just the, the team, they, they make everything proper. Mm-hmm. You know, you just look to what they're doing on the car, and you look to the car, it's well made. And uh, just being working with the mechanics and everything, it's proper. The drivers have a lot of experience. I'm the baby here. <laughs> uh, all of them, actually, my, my one win in there makes me, all of us have one Daytona, so I'm happy with that. So everything is in line to have a successful Daytona. But then if we win or not, it, it depends. But to start with, it's, it's this great point to start and everything is in set to, to go to there. So uh, it looks fantastic, to be honest. And uh, if you do the, well your homework, then you should only everything goes well. But uh, we need to wait for the end. And it is a championship winning team. So clearly they know how to do things properly. But it's been a couple of years since their last win at this track what sort of preparation have they given to you to try and get you up to speed for the race well they're really relaxed because as they they're used to win uh but i think just just because they turn is just so particularly le- uh, 
uh, lead to the last laps and make the car alive. Uh, for sure now Scott has also some valuable information. It, it's kind of where melting, putting even more experience to the team. I, have, I bring my experience from the Audi. Uh, Scott bringing his experience from all these years winning here. So I don't think that you can put more experience into such a team. So uh, we are putting all of us together and um, it, it sounds great, but it's just so it's just each of us give the, the tip that what's your plan to any racing. And, uh, but so far we are kind of relaxed and uh, let's do the job and enjoy the race because, and then the race should come pretty much like that Finally, what do you hope to achieve from the roar? Uh, well, a good setup to be honest and uh, in the last test we did here we, it was, it was in- interesting and important to see that we, uh, we like the same setup so this was really good so if it's any of us driving the car we are kind of comfortable that if he says that it's understeer, the other guys will will know that. So it's understeering. Um, so it's to get out of here with a good feeling of the car. Uh, see if the BOP is balanced because there is some rumors that the BOP is not so balanced for the for us. So and 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 then hope for a fair race to start with. That that's what we are aiming for. Good luck. Thanks. <laughs> North American Sports Cars United. This is IMSA Radio. Last year it was a car that started from the absolute back of the grid that won the GTD class and that was piloted by Ben Keating and Dominic Farnbacher. Have both of them here again in a car. But Ben, you're driving two cars again this year. What was the thinking behind bringing the 93 back? Well, uh, you know, my feeling on a 24-hour race is that every single car is a long shot. That uh, racing cons- you know, uh, constantly for 24 hours anything can happen and a lot of that stuff is out of your control and so uh you know i think we have a great team of drivers i think we have a great platform a great car uh, a proven car which is a big advantage in a field where you have a bunch of brand new gt3 cars but uh, i still I look across the field at the driver lineups, and I think there are a lot of extremely competitive cars. I think we have a lot of cars that uh, we we don't exactly know what we're going to see from them because they're brand new. And I I think every car is a long shot. You know, it, uh, you can be rear-ended by a, a prototype when you least expect it and be taken out uh, or or whatever they're just a million different scenarios uh, and so you know i've i was talking to dom and nick this morning that uh, you know i've done this race six times and five out of six have been with dom and uh, uh it's exciting to be back here uh but each time that I've done this race. I've put together the absolute best team that I felt like I possibly could to try to win the race. Uh, and before last year, 13th was our best finish. Wow. Uh, and, I mean, it just, something always came up. Uh, you know, probably part of the part that that set the hook in me so much was the very first year that, uh, you know, we... Uh, we lost our differential with uh, an hour and a half left, uh, getting ready to pass for second place. Uh, you know, it, but uh, uh, I mean, it was. Uh, I wasn't crushed. I was excited. It was. It was so much fun. This is my favorite race of the year, uh, uh, and uh, you know, because I believe every car is a long shot. Uh, 
I, I find a lot of value in being in two cars because it double my chances. Uh, Favorite but, race of the year over Coda, in which you're undefeated. Uh, yes, uh, it's uh, uh, that's true. I mean, Coda is close to home. Uh, it's a great track, uh, but it, Coda ends up being a lot of work for me because uh, you know I, I, I typically have anywhere from 50 to 150 guests, and uh, uh, I'm running around. You know, chasing my tail all day, uh, and uh, it's it's a lot of work. So I mean, sure, you love the places where you do well, and we've done very well there. Uh, the Viper has done well there, uh, but uh, I love the longer the race, the more I love it. I, I love that you know you can go uh, you can go two or three laps down and still be in the race. Uh, I, I love that the longer the race, the more drama there is. Uh, and uh, I just, I, I love that. I, I love the fact that we are in the tri-oval here. And anytime there's something going on, most of the time you can see it. Uh, you know, most of my guests are, will be at the, in, the, in the 500 club or the champions club. Uh, and uh, you go on the roof and you can see everywhere on the track. And uh, that's there's no place else you can do that. No place else you can see the entire track. Uh, and you know to have climate controlled AC and heat and food and beverage and television and timing and scoring and the roof where you can see everything. Uh, I, I mean I, I think it's the best race for for spectators. Uh, I love the fact that you know, we have a, a ton of people here, and there are very few people in the grandstands. Everybody's in the infield. Uh, and and it just has a, a really unique environment uh, to have. You know, I love that at at you know at three o'clock in the morning, you know, you smell hamburgers uh, going around the banking. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, there is there develops a, a layer of smoke from the campfires that uh, uh, that is just unique. It, it's and I love this race. What was the thinking behind the driver lineup that you've surrounded yourself with? Uh, well, I want to put together the absolute best team I possibly can to uh, to win the race, uh, and uh, this will be the third year that uh, Garon and I have uh, have teamed up, and uh, he's been a great teammate. Uh, you know, as I've said uh, earlier, you know, I've been with Dominic five out of the six times the only time he wasn't with me was uh, uh, was when uh, uh, he was racing a viper for uh, for the factory uh, uh, and so um, uh, yeah, Dom obviously knows the team knows the car is extremely quick in it uh, and uh, you know that's a lot of it a lot of it is chemistry and and uh, 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 and you know, last year our fourth driver is Mark Miller. Uh, last year Mark drove with us at Le Mans, uh, and that was really our first time to drive together. Uh, and it, it was a great fit. Uh, but uh, I mean, one of our goals for the year is to uh, is to do better at Le Mans. We'd love to win Le Mans, uh, and whether it's driver change, practice, or uh, or the way you talk to each other about setup, or uh, you know, uh, just whatever. Uh, you know, getting used to 
driving a Viper uh, for Mark, we felt like there was a lot of value in having him be the other uh, uh, AM driver on the team for all the longer races. Uh, and I'm very excited about our team. I, I think we have a, a, a definitely one of the stronger teams in the 33 car. Uh, and uh, in the 93 car, uh, wasn't sure we were going to be able to put it together. But I, 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 uh, I wasn't willing to spend the money to do it all on my own. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't willing to field a car that was uh, just here for the experience rather than uh, really being capable of winning. Uh, and uh, to find drivers that are willing, uh, that are that are capable of winning and uh, uh, willing to put in some money uh, is they're few and far between. And so uh, you know, I'm very excited uh, the way it's worked out. We have uh, almost all uh, a Texas car. Uh, you know, I, I am from Texas, and and uh, Gar Robinson, you know, won the TA2 championship in Trans Am. Here in which, Daytona. Here at Daytona, which is tough. I mean, they average about 40 cars in that class. Uh, and to win, you know, beating out Cameron Lawrence, who was on the car last year, uh, I mean, he's good, you know. Uh, uh, and so excited to have Gar in the car. He's from San Antonio. Uh, and then uh, Jeff Mosing uh, drove with us at, at Laguna last year, Laguna Seca. He's been very successful in the IMSA GT3 Cup uh, Porsche class and in Continental Tire with wins there. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's from Austin. Most of his driving has been done with Eric Foss, and Eric's from uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. So, yeah, everyone except Damien is uh, <laughs> is from Texas. Uh, and, uh, you know, Damien and I were teammates in 2013 in uh, the American Le Mans Series. Uh, and uh, I think we've got a rock star team there as well. And you're, one of your rock stars in the 33 is Dominic Farnbacher. And Dom, it was sort of a weird year for you last year, not racing in the U.S. It's been a year, and it was Daytona last year. What's What's been happening in between since we've last seen you? Well, <laughs> I was more or less hiding. No, I wasn't. <laughs> um, I, was, um, I was in Europe. Um, I signed a deal with uh, Lexus, Lexus Japan, in order to um, develop the brand new GT3 car they made it's uh, called uh, Lexus GT3 uh, RCF and uh, I was working on that after uh, after winning Daytona together with Ben and uh, so my majority of the time was spent in the car in a brand new car and try to sort out all the different kinds of little issues we had and then developing it developing it for Lexus on the famous Nürburgring Nordschleife because that it's, that's the, the turf they want to develop the car on in order to market it and in order to make it competitive for the future. Did you miss driving not only in the States but driving a Viper? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the last past three years I, uh, I was, was here. I mean, now it's almost four years. Um, I, uh, first, uh, first I got the experience driving a Viper with, together with Ben again. Uh, it was a uh, a crazy thing because uh, Ben pulled out one of his uh, showroom vipers in order to beat the, the the record on the Nürburgring for a street legal car, and uh, it actually happened. And we actually beat the world record with a with a with a viper from uh, from Ben's showroom, and uh, that was the starting starting point for uh, 
getting me in, in one of those factory vipers because uh, there was people there from Dodge in order which were looking for future drivers for their um, GTLM project but it was not uh, announced back then so they were approaching me if I'm interested in doing that so uh, I met up with some of those guys and um, I got to drive uh, one of those Viper Cup cars together with Ben the same year and uh, got to see even more people from Dodge and then they said they they plan for the next three years they plan a factory effort in, uh, in the American Le Mans series or in, in the uh, in the Grand Am so that was the starting shoot for, for a Viper deal and I knew Ben from uh, as he already said from 2009 when we first drove together we met each other and we got uh, along very well I mean he's a very nice guy he's a good heart and uh, he has a lot of passion for the sports he does and um, yeah and the eager to win the race is the same what I have and uh, so it connects us a little bit and uh, with all the bad luck we had leading some of those 24-hour races in the in the past um, by driving our sorry if I say that booties off <laughs> it was uh, was hard to to uh, always lose the races because of little mechanical issues little uh, 20 cent parts which failed which broke and uh, so last year we got the chance again to drive together in the car after my factory effort with uh, with Dodge in a in a private team. So uh, I drove, yeah, to successfully together with Ben and uh, we rocked the show last year and by winning the GDD class uh, um, together with the other guys. So it was a great experience. And you had the honor of being the one to finish the race, of crossing the line and hearing Bill Riley in your ear telling you that you had won the race. What was that like? That was uh, a good feeling because uh, I already won the race 2005 and now winning it again last year in 2015 was uh, a long a long travel for me and uh, as I already mentioned before uh, me and Ben in those years in between we are we were close but winning it but yeah, it was mechanical issues and we always had good good co-drivers and a good car yeah but then after five 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 years we got together again in the Viper and uh, finishing the race after Ben started it from the last position was quite an, an experience and uh, yeah, the car was strong, Bill did a great job by prepping the car Working with someone like Bill Riley, you get to do it a lot now Ben, driving the Viper full time for him, what, what kind of an experience is that? I want to quickly tell a story uh, about what Dom was just talking about before I answer your question. Uh, so, we got to, uh, you know we get out of the car. We're in Victory Circle. Uh, you know, you, you get the banner that says GTD winner on your car, and everybody's celebrating. Uh, and uh, and you know, Dom was to me. I mean, I've, I've known him for a long time. He's always you know uh, fun-loving. Dom. He was. Uh, uh, you know, to me, it was weird. I mean, he was acting weird. And eventually, I uh, uh, I pulled him aside. And I said, "Man, what's going on? You're acting weird." Uh, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but you said, uh, "You know, in 2005 when we won, it's the first time you'd done it, right? You came over from Germany. You won races. You won races in Europe. You come over. You do Daytona." And you win, and you, of course, you win because that's just what you do, you know. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, it wasn't until 2015, after doing it again so many years, uh, realizing how hard it is to win, you know, that uh, 
uh, he's, the win in 2015 was much more emotional uh, because of how uh, he didn't respect how difficult it was in 2005 when you just show up and win your first time here. So I think that's a really cool story that uh, uh, on it. So on to Bill Riley. Uh, I mean, I uh, I have so much respect for Bill. Uh, you know, it, it, Bill and Bob. You know, uh, uh, you know, I think Bob Riley has uh, has been engineering race cars for sixty years. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy to me to to know that. You know, uh, Bob Riley, who will be here for the race, you know, he engineered the, he was an engineer on the 4GT team when they first won Le Mans back in the 60s, uh, uh, yeah, it, which is just crazy. Uh, and, you know, Bill has followed in his footsteps, and, and whether it's building uh, GTLM cars or GT day, GT3 cars or uh, uh, LMP2s, LMP3s, uh, you know, working in NASCAR, or working in IndyCar, uh, I mean, it, it's just, there's no one I, 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 in the field that has that level of, uh, of experience and expertise that he has, uh, and, uh, I mean, I, so that's, that's definitely, obviously, one piece of it. I don't care what team you're with here in the paddock, this sport is expensive, uh, and you know everybody here is spending a lot of money, uh, and uh, to me, it, it means a lot to know that I'm going into competition with uh, you know with who I think is uh, is the is the best guy in the paddock. You know they, we uh, uh, you know they won the GTLM championship in 2014, uh, and literally the exact same team that won the GTLM championship, which was the the absolute most competitive class in the field, fell down into my car uh, for 2015 and 2016. And uh, to have the, the GTLM championship level team coming in and competing against, uh, you know, all the mostly privateers is a huge deal. Uh, I mean, we I feel like that's a huge advantage. But above and beyond all that, Bill's a, a great guy. I mean, we don't have anyone on this team that is a pain to work with. Uh, you know, everybody. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'd go on vacation with Bill. You know, uh, I, I just I love spending time. With everybody on the team, and that goes from, uh, you know, mechanics to drivers to engineers to to everybody, uh, and that's something you just don't find anywhere else. Uh, the the chemistry of all these people that have been together since the middle of 2012. Uh, I mean, he's he's got an unbelievable team of people, uh, and they're really good at what they do. And they're really good people to boot, uh, and so uh, I mean, I just I can't imagine running with anybody else. Uh, I, I just it, it would be a letdown, uh, you know. I, I can't imagine anybody running a team or putting together a team that's better than what we have.
The professionalism shows through, and your results on track certainly back that up. Thank you so much for talking to us, Ben and Dominic, both, and good luck. And it doesn't matter if you start at the front or the back. You're still <laughs> going to be near the front at the end. Thank you. Yes! Oh, yes! Radio, your route to American sports car racing. Last year, a team tried to steal Kenton Cook out of the commentary booth to go drive a race car. This year, one actually succeeded. It's a team you've been with in the past, though. It's nice and familiar, but still a PC car. Big jump up. IMSA Ladder Series is working for you, though, Kenton. Yeah, definitely looking forward to getting into this uh, series in this paddock. Last year, um, I got offered a ride at Mostport with Starworks to, to run with their PC car, but it, it just wasn't the right opportunity and the right time for me to jump into into the paddock. I wanted to make sure I had the right time under my belt in the car, and so when I do make that debut, I want to make sure it's a good one, and I'll be running with JDC with the at least in the first two endurance races of the year, and I'm super pumped. You know, it, it hit me. Um, yesterday when I walked through the paddock, I saw all these GT Lamar cars, and I was like, holy crap, I'm actually going to be driving in this paddock. Like, this is the big show. Like, this is when I was a little kid, like, the one thing I looked up to. So it, it's it's kind of like one of those pinch-me moments uh, looking forward to kind of get going. So it's, I'm super excited. You get to pass GT3 cars on the banking. Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be cool. I'm going to walk up to John Edwards and be like, hey, you suck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think it's going to be really fun. And even though you still are a part of the Mazda family driving a Chevy engine this weekend, what's the Mazda plans going forward? Uh, well, the, the LMPC car yeah, isn't necessarily branded um, over there, so that's kind of like why I'm, I'm able to run the PC car. Uh, it's kind of like the same thing with Ryan Eversley. Honda allows him to, to run with that car because it's a non-branded chassis in class. Uh, but as far as the Mazda things go, I'm still going to be uh, in the Mazda family this year, and I'll still be doing stuff for them this year. So it's not like uh, I've been kicked to the curb necessarily, but um, there's definitely things still in the works with them this year that I'm pretty excited about as well. So I'm um, still going to be running with Mazda. They flew you to Canada recently, didn't they, to drive on some super simulator? Oh, what yeah. was that like? Yeah, no, it's uh, it was the Multimatic Simulator in, in Toronto. That thing is nuts. I'll tell you what, it, it beat my sim rig at home <laughs> by, by a fair amount. I think iRacing can't really compare to that. So uh, it was definitely something really cool. The whole thing moved around the room. Like, you couldn't be in the room when it was running because it would, like, hit you if you, like, were anywhere near it within this yellow area so you kind of had to be careful around it but it was super sweet being in it you said you've had laps around daytona before but what's it going to be like in a glorified lights car with no roof over your head a lot of horsepower under your right foot no it's going to be different with uh without a windscreen in front of me that's going to be interesting but you know I, it, the the track isn't anything special it's it's not anything difficult so i'm i'm not too worried about kind of getting used to the car and getting used to the track it's going to be more of getting used to the people around me and understanding the traffic flow and kind of understanding how the gtd guys handle traffic gt alum prototype guys um being aware is going to be kind of like the key thing that i'm going to try to be getting used to in this series since i come from a spec series it's going to be uh different coming to a multi-class series which i it's not like i haven't done before i ran a mazda 2 at the 25 hours of, of, of thunder hill so um getting run up on was definitely something that i've been used to so I think this will be a little bit easier than that, to be honest. But it'll be interesting with, with these level of talent uh, in the paddock. It's a good team. And last year, I remember, they had some issues in the middle of the night. There were problems with the car, but they never gave up. And they wound up finishing third. Yeah. What's the realistic expectation for the race? And also, what do you hope to gain out of the roar? 
honestly, um, answering the first question, I think the team has a like, legitimate shot at winning this race. The, the reason that they, they didn't really have the shot at winning last year was really driver error. Um, every team really had their, their mechanical set of issues. I mean, core was just amazing until the last two laps, but um, I think they're going to be like the main guys to beat. But the thing is, it's going to be about limiting mistakes and making sure, you know, when you're on cold tires, you don't throw it off. And that was kind of like what happened last year with them. The car is quick on a, on a, on a race. They led a, major, a good portion of the race, so the pace is there. Um, I think just, you know, making sure there's no mistakes. But what I'm getting, what I want to get out of the roar is, um, obviously, you get used to the car. I think that'll come uh, pretty quickly. But I think the... I think the main thing is going to be, like I said before, is getting used to the traffic. The pavement we're standing on right now is wet. It rained a bit this morning, and it's not really supposed to rain the rest of the day. But tomorrow's the big question mark. We are expecting rain tomorrow. Will you guys run? Uh, I think that's going to be a question mark for us. Uh, I think since I have, I don't have a lot of experience in the wet uh, in this car, uh, I think that I might get a shot at driving in the wet. I love driving in the wet. So. Yeah, I was going to say, Watkins Glen last year in the prototype race, I remember John and Jeremy's jaws just dropping seeing you <laughs> in the wet. Yeah, I know. I, hopefully hopefully I can drop some people's jaws in the wet as well here, but the, the whole purpose of it would be getting used to the car and um, just you know having fun first of all too. But yeah, getting used to it. So we would probably go out in the wet just for me to get some get my feet wet but it's all about risk management as well so you don't want to you know take too big of a risk to you know risk the car and first of all I don't have the money to pay for it so that's that's the thing I'm on IMSA's budget from last year so I don't really have any other budget so that's the thing but yeah I think it's going to be fun and you mentioned Sebring after this race that's going to be exciting in itself yeah no Sebring I'm also looking forward to I think the night um, racing there is going to be a little bit different than here since this track is pretty well lit um whereas this one is or sorry uh sebring is going to be pretty much a you know a dark pit uh, with a bunch of bumps everywhere so it's going to be a bit more interesting with lights coming up on you and uh, other things so i think it's going to be a little bit more difficult than here as far as traffic goes but um yeah, i'm looking forward to it either way and after sebring where do we see you good question that's a really good question hopefully i can find you know some some money and funding for for the next two endurance races hopefully more throughout the season but uh that's kind of to be continued um right now which is a little frustrating because you know i wish i had something full and <laughs> legit but um yeah that's kind of something i hopefully can figure out in the next you know month or two but we'll see all the on-track action all the news from the pits and paddock this is imza radio it's going to be a big year for Ryan Dial, and it all starts here at the Roar. And Ryan, new team, new car. You've driven the DP before, though. What's it going to be like for 2016? Uh, busy again, which I'm pretty miserable if I'm not busy. Uh, I've got kind of custom these days to, to doing multiple series, and that's when I'm happiest is when I'm racing. But great opportunity, obviously, with uh, Visit Florida. Uh, for a couple of years, we've actually tried to put a deal together, and between schedule conflicts, um, it just didn't work out. And luckily it did this year, but great program, a big admirer of the team and loved seeing them competing right till the end last year. And um, a team that's passionate and wants to win and you can't really ask for more than that in racing, but uh, it's gonna be, a, gonna be a tough year. I mean, I've driven a DP, I've never driven a Corvette. I've never driven a, a Chevy Motor, never sat in the right-hand side of a, a DP car. So a lot of new challenges for me. 
Um, I don't feel like a newcomer in the team. I feel like I know everybody. I've worked with a lot of people before. I've worked with the teammates before. So I think that challenge is kind of plug and play. Um, and then, you know, post this, I'm obviously looking forward to getting back to uh, my patrolling commitments after Sebring. And uh, I think just looking on paper at both programs, I don't think you could have picked the two better opportunities. So uh, truly excited about it and uh, looking forward just to getting through Daytona. It is a bit of an SRT reunion with you and Ryan hunter and then Mark Goosens for the whole year. Talk a little bit about that and how that team came together. Actually, I was Ryan's teammate in Atlantics for a couple of races, so this is in 2002. Um, and we worked together at Starworks a couple of times. We never ended up in the same car, and then with the Viper deal, we, we kind of flip-flopped between him year one, I was year two, and he was year three again. So, uh, it, to be honest, it was it was kind of a, a trio group that they were talking to the whole time. And at first, I couldn't commit, and then Ryan couldn't commit. And then when I could commit, but I couldn't do Long Beach, it kind of opened up the door again for Ryan to be able to do it. So uh, the only part of the puzzle was making sure Ryan could uh, could, could do Long Beach, which took us a couple of weeks to get that done. And um, pretty great, actually, from both Chevy and Honda's side to, to let him drive conflicting weekends. So it just all worked out. Um, you know, one thing I think Troy was big on was relationships and uh, with making such a huge driver change, wiping out the whole team and starting again. I think it was important to bring in personalities that were going to pretty much match immediately. Um, so that's one hurdle we go over. Um, you know, I think for now it's just uh, getting through the roar, getting everybody comfortable, working on driver changes and getting everybody on the same page. What's it like coming into a season knowing where you can't go for the championship, but your teammate can? Is it difficult? Much like I had with effort last year, I, I think it's I think it's selfish of a driver to take credit for championships these days. I think in endurance racing, it's a team championship. It's not a driver championship. So for me, I'm okay with that. Um, as long as the team are okay with that. And I said that to not only to effort last year, but to Troy. Um, you know, this has to be from their side. And if, if they're okay with it, then it really, you know, championships are nice. They're nice for a couple of months. They're nice to have on your resume, but... Um, you know, if it, if it says team championship or driver championship, it's still a championship. Um, and I'm here to, to do my bit for 99% of the races, and hopefully we can get the team the championship this year. Is the goal of the Roar just to acclimatize yourself to the car? Who knows what the goal of the Roar is. It's a pointless test. It's, uh, it's a shame that it's mandatory these days because, you know, 99% of the cars here are probably going to play games. Um you know, we'll see what we get. We're, for us, I mean, we're going to be probably every session getting quicker and getting up to speed. And, um, you know, Mark obviously drove the car in November. Ryan and I have never driven a Corvette. So for us, it'll just be getting up to speed. Hopefully the track dries up on day one here. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to know what you take away from the roar because so many games get played. I think Imsar did a good job. They made a pretty stern warning today, and they're going to start uh, pulling cars straight from track into tech which I think is a good thing to do um, I think it needs to be done because you know we've, we've all done this long enough you know games are getting played and unfortunately we seem to be the one series that it gets played in more than others um, and that needs to stop if everybody went 100% it'd be so much easier at BOP 
Speaking of playing games, your other team, ESM, are here this weekend with a car. How many times have you gone over to their garage maybe to mess with them? Uh, well, I, I checked in with both teams equally this morning. I'm, I'm going to try and spend as much time as I can there. And, uh, you know, the thing with ESM is they're, they're kind of family now. And, uh, Ed and my teammates are all good, good friends of mine at this point. And, um, so it's, you know, I'm with my new team, but also my, my kind of best friends are two doors down. So I'll try and go and help them out. And you know, obviously people's first time at Daytona. Um, not that he needs much help, but I'll probably try and give him as much help as I can. Very much a family man. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. Racing on America's classic circuits. This is IMSA Radio. Marco Seafried, a lot of Europe racing last year. Not so much over here. We missed you. Welcome back. That, I'm happy. So uh, being back here with uh, with my familiar team, Magnus, and um, yeah, looking very much forward to to the 24. Still a German car. You get to drive an Audi this year, though, instead of the Porsche. What's the biggest difference between the two? Uh, I would say, of the construction-wise, the Audi is a, a mid-engine construction. The Porsche always used to be the, has the the engine at the back end, so the characteristic of the driving is a, is a bit different. Um, I mean, I have to admit, I haven't driven the current Audi. I drove the one before, and uh, I got quite quite along with and, and I like the car so that's why I'm quite confident for that one here What's the goal out of this test? Um, I mean cycling through first of all all of the drivers enough that we are all getting familiar with the car I mean aside uh, Rene I mean he, he knows the car I guess in and out uh, but all the other of us um, has not so much experience with it so we just have to get into rhythm I mean Magnus is known as an as experienced team and I think when it comes to the, the prep of the car or the strategy, um, there is no doubt that we can can go for it. Um, we just have to adapt to the to the new handling. Um, but I think we are not the only one who has a new car or struggle with something new. So uh, that's why, as I said, that makes me still confident. It was an Audi that won here a few years back, so they know how to do it. And there has been a lot of Audi support for you guys. What has that meant to the team in trying to learn the new car? I mean, also to be fair and don't want to be um, now against or bad to any other manufacturer, but Audi was one of the manufacturers who launched their new car quite early. So it it has won already the 24-hour of Nürburgring, which is known as a real difficult one. Audi finished second in the spa race. They just won the 12 hours of Sepang, where it's really always quite hot. I know that. I, I've been there too, not this year, but before. And so they have actually proven that it's a quite reliable car on one side and also can can keep up the speed with all the others. And that's why um, I think this is one, one good step or one step ahead of some other manufacturers who haven't done so much with their new car than Audi did. And um, again, I repeat myself, that makes me even more confident. And I think when it comes to reliability, they have gathered the most kilometers so far, I guess. I mean, I do not know what every manufacturer is is testing, but just by the matter of fact that they have done so many races already with the car, it's proven also in race mode. After seeing some of the other GT3 cars out on track, who do you think will be the biggest competition for the actual race? That's a very good question. I'm, I'm still asking this myself because after that first session, you can't really say it. And it's, to me, I mean, I've been here, I think, now four years in a row. It seems to me the GTD class was never as strong as it is now. 
Um, I expect many cars and, and many lineups quite quick. I have seen there's like Eston Martin up there with Lamy, Stanaway, Dalalan, and, and Lauda. It's a strong run over here. Um, Brian Sellers, Madison Snow, and Bartolotti, and who's yeah, fourth? It's, it's, so it's just a couple of them. I don't I don't want to forget the other ones. Like when I just look to the right with um, Fanbacher, um, Ian James, uh, Hensler. I mean that's quite strong in Rivera so and there are really plenty more of them so it's it's difficult to say this is a this is somebody going for the win or, or a front runner I think there are plenty of them here and we have to see how the roar goes and even then as we all know it's not really clear who is within the first five or so it's, it's a difficult judgment we don't know until hour 23 of the race, yes. right? Yes, I agree on that. Yeah. I, I didn't want to say that, but you yeah. mentioned it, and I agree <laughs> fully on that. I'm happy to yeah. say it. And where else are we going to see you this year, Marco? Um, I'm sure that I will be around for the 24 on the Nürburgring again and, and on the Nordschleife with races which is not clashing with other programs. Uh, for a pity, I have to say the WEC will not... not will seem maybe I, I'm, I'm working on something with Proton but um, the lineup we had last year it will be or won't be present this season so it's it's a pity it's sad but so it is that's that's racing um, I'm also working on uh, being back on the Blancpain series uh, endurance as well as in the sprint so for the endurance it looks quite quite good already um, for the sprint, I still have to, to work some things out, but um, also I'm, I'm quite confident being back there. And then I think I have a busy year again, so I'm happy having to start here again with Magnus. And um, yeah, let's see how it goes. Well, we hope to see you a lot in IMSA. Thank you, Marco, and good luck. Thank you, and happy to be back. North American Sports Cars United. This is IMSA Radio. ALMS fan favorite, Brian Sellers. Brian, new uniform, new colors, new car. How's it been going so far? It's good. It's it's definitely a change. I mean, you're in a program for so long and so many years, uh, and you come somewhere new, It's you start over again. But I feel very lucky to be with Paul Miller and uh, to be with a group of guys that, I, that I've known from the past and uh, to be reunited with them. It's such a great program. They've made the transition pretty seamless for me, and it's... Uh, in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily a bad thing either. I mean, at some point in time, things have to change, and um, it's good to get in a new car and learn a new car again. Um, so I've really enjoyed the first you know, couple months of, of being in the new program, and this is obviously our first uh, shakedown with the car, so trying to figure out how everybody works and what we all need from each other, and it's, it's kind of cool to see the building process happen again. How did the whole deal come together with Paul Miller? Um, it was actually... I drove with Paul uh, four or five years ago, and we we finished second in Daytona. It was a great race. We had a good relationship, I think. And um, it was just one of those relationships that, that we kind of maintained over the years. And at the end of every year, as things were coming up, we always talked. And uh, this year was no different, except for this year I was available. And... Um, I called him and I said, "Hey, you know, if there's, you know, if there's anything you need me for at the moment, I'm like wide open. So let me know." And uh, he said, "Oh, I, I don't know just yet, but you know, 
we'll, we'll keep in touch. And then it kind of it progressed from there. I think it was just one of those fortunate situations where the calls happened at the right time, and um, we were able to, to turn it into a program. Lamborghini versus Porsche, two very different cars, and especially now with the GT3 car, what's it like to try and get acclimatized to such a radically different beast? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people would sit here and tell you it's not that difficult and there's not that big of a difference, but there is. I mean, if, you, if you're being honest, you spend the better part of seven years in a, in a Porsche, and you get very used to the ergonomics of that, the, the, the vision, the feel, how the car reacts, and then you come into something that couldn't be any more of a polar opposite. Mid-engine, um, you know, a flat front windshield, you name it, it's different. The seat, the seating position. Uh, so it's taking some time to kind of get used to it and, and to feel it. I mean, I feel like the speed already in the car is pretty good, but just the overall feeling of where exactly you know, we need to go with the car and what we need to do with it, I think still lacks a little bit, but that had come in a little bit more time. I mean, we're still so fresh, 10, 15 laps into it. And the first session, the start of it, you guys were blazingly quick. Yeah, it started off good. I mean, you never know at the roar where everyone is, what games everyone's playing, but I think for us, we just wanted to kind of go out, shake the thing down, make sure everything was tight. And it felt, it felt good right away. So, I mean, then it was time to start to cycle people through. Um, you know, Mirko, our uh, Lamborghini factory driver, hasn't been here before, so we needed to get him in and get him some laps. Unfortunately, we ran into some problems uh, electrically and didn't, didn't get to cycle him through. But it's part of the roar. It's part of a new car. We were kind of surprised we didn't have any problems sooner in the session. So uh, it's okay. And nine more sessions to go. It's not like time's running out on you. Yeah, it's it's not yet, but it seems like always when you come to the third day of the roar, you think, oh, man, I wish I had, like, nine more sessions to finish things up. But it's funny. I mean, you come to the roar, and it's never enough time. You come back to the race, and it's even less time, and things are completely different anyway. So, uh, you know, after all the years, you, you just kind of, I think, learn not to place too much on this test. You just kind of acclimate, run through things, make sure everyone shakes off the cobwebs, and... and um, you know, try and run as much as you can. After running an Audi last year, how difficult is it for the team to get used to the Lamborghini? Well, I think the the difference between those two is is not as as big. Uh, you know, the the Lambo and the Audi share a lot of parts. Um, almost everything they share, almost everything aside from the bodywork. So. Um, it hasn't been hard for them. They, they have really kind of dug right in and gone back to it, and I've spent some time in the shop, and they seem like they've been doing it for years. So uh, that's that's encouraging, you know, that at least one portion of the whole thing is, is still kind of on track. And, and the biggest question I have to ask, last year we saw Liam wearing a little Falcon fire suit. Are we going to get that this year with Paul Miller? <laughs> I don't know. That was a Sparco special uh, from our friend over there, Billy, and uh, so now it depends on our OMP rep if he wants to do it. I think uh, it was pretty cool. It, uh, he didn't get to wear it too much because when it got hot, he's a little too warm. But it was cool for mom and dad anyway. I think he needs a new one. That's the best advertising they can get. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Go enjoy lunch. IMSA Radio. Cooper McNeil, it's been a while since your last win. You're going to fix that at Daytona. I'd like to think so. I mean, we finished second here last year, so we only have to do one spot better to, to get the uh, to get the win. And uh, it would be pretty cool because with my dad driving with us, it would be pretty cool to, to, to win, let alone be on the podium with him. Um, 
I mean, obviously, we, we don't come to the racetrack unless we are here to win, so that's what we're here to do. We're going to do everything we can to do that, and uh, we'll find out come Sunday in a couple weeks. Is he the secret weapon to getting onto that next step? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he, uh, <clears throat> he started flying about 15 years ago and, and raced cars for a while before that but gave up racing cars because he figured if he tried to be a race car driver and a pilot at the same time, he'd be mediocre at both and kill himself doing one of the two. So, I mean, he raced at Sebring in 99 and finished second with Alex Strobe with Greg Fordall as his engineer, uh, as he is now. So it's pretty cool, fast forward, you know, almost 15, yeah, about 15 years later, um, to have same team, same engineer, and driving a Porsche. So it's pretty cool uh, to, to have him back with us, and it'd be... It'd be even cooler to have him on the podium with us. It'd be, it'd be a pretty special thing. What's it like to share the car with your dad? Well, we ha- <laughs> haven't shared a car since November uh, here at Daytona for the historics, and it was great. He uh, he did a good job, consistent consistent lap times, and went faster each lap. And uh, just gonna have to do the same thing here with the with the big boys. Was that an adequate warm up? I think so. I mean, anytime you can get get uh, laps underneath your belt at a, at a famous racetrack such as Daytona, obviously it would help. Yeah, for sure. And you've driven Porsches for a while now. Back in the GTC, Jay's multiple-time champion in that. Coming in with a, a car that actually feels really good, does that reinstill your confidence? Absolutely. I mean, uh, we've never lost the confidence confidence in the first place. We just knew what we had and uh, just had to deal with it, basically. But yeah, now that uh, now that I know that we've got what we have, I'm absolutely a lot more confident that this year will be a lot better than the previous couple of years. I mean, this is my this will be my fifth year. The first two years we won championships. The third year we finished third in the championship. And then last year well, the race end, the last race ended, so that I don't really count that one. Um, but uh, so it hasn't really been a bad, you know, season or career, I guess, for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean two, two, two championships and a third place out of the last four years, that's pretty good. So, um but yeah, now with this new car, I'm ready to get right back after it for another championship. And is Porsche the car to have now? I mean, it's it's too early to say. Um, I think so. I mean, Porsche's been running race cars. They're so reliable. I mean, they won Le Mans last year. They, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. So a lot of these cars, like the Lamborghini, I mean, they don't have a long racing history like Porsche does. Porsche's got a lot of trial and tribulations with all sorts of parts all throughout the race car that they've worked on for a long time. So I have great confidence in our Porsche, as always, and even better with the Alex Job guys behind us. Look forward to seeing you win a bunch this year. Thanks, Cooper. Thanks, Shay. All the on-track action. All the news from the pits and paddock. This is IMSA Radio. That wraps up day one coverage of the Roar before the 24 here in Daytona. But don't worry, we still have two more days, eight more sessions to go on track of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship cars. It's going to be fun. A couple of cars needing to be rebuilt after today's activities, but more on that tomorrow. We'll see if we can talk to uh, some of the drivers who were quickest today and maybe some of those who had a couple of errors. But for now, I'm Shay Adam reporting for IMSA Radio and RadioLeMond.com. Hope you've enjoyed our coverage. This program is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.